Hello, welcome to my magical cottage core life. This is Kenya, and today you don't have to take out your big book of stuff necessarily unless you're in Metro Detroit or in Michigan for that matter. Today we're going to talk about one of my favorite places, and tomorrow's my wedding anniversary, so. It's a really nice day to have picked up some plants because we could spend Beltane weekend planting flowers. And my husband got me some plants for my anniversary and I got him a couple for hours too. So yay. Alright, so today, if you're in Michigan or in Metro, specifically Metro Detroit or Ontario on this side, probably you know closest to Windsor, you can take out your big book of stuff and make a little subsection that says good places to shop for herbs and plants during spring because today we're going to talk about Eastern Market. Let's get started. As we walked around all of the different places, the different sheds, People hear about sheds, but they don't really know that when you talk about sheds in the Eastern Market, we're talking about huge outdoor structures that are meant for indoor sheds or indoor vendor booths. There are literally hundreds of vendors there on any given weekend. And when I say vendors, I mean people who sell things like not just fruits and vegetables, but nuts fungi. I mean, seriously, there's a really cool man who runs a booth with mushrooms and he's a fun guy. I can hear you groaning. Yeah. Yeah. I can hear it. I know. I know that was bad. That's, that's okay. But you know, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, you have to really find out from someone else because that kind of knowledge is kept underground. No. No, that was, that was bad, wasn't it? Okay. But in addition to that, you have people who sell nuts, but not right now, flowers, grains, and of course, plants that are not flowering plants. Everything you can think of, even succulents. There's even an area just for trees. But I want to talk about each section individually a little bit. So if you're in the mood for honey, you will find at almost every entrance of the main each main shed, because there's five, a honey vendor. I mean, there may be some scattered throughout, but usually on the very ends, you'll find honey. These are people who sell honey sticks, which are doses of honey in straws, people who have selling honey pots, honey combs, bottles of honey, jars of honey gallon jars of honey, honey candy, honey lollipops, honey masks, honey creams, raw honey, processed honey, every kind of honey you can think of. And if you keep going, you'll find vendors who are selling products that have honey. If you're really in the beauty, they even have places that have honey masks. 
One of the things I like about going to Eastern Market is that you can be choosy. You're spoiled for choice. And that's because you have honey from farms and honey from local inner city farms to choose from. Matter of fact, in Detroit itself, there's a company called Keep Growing Detroit that sells its own honey because they have beekeepers there and they have a program called Sweet on Detroit that will train you to become a beekeeper. It's really awesome. They've been around for a long time. I've been working with that program for other people in the city and myself for about, I want to say, 12 years. Uh, They've fostered community gardens. They've done so much for the city. They used to be part of the greening of Detroit, but now they have their own organization called Keep Growing Detroit. Let's talk a little bit about that. So if you're into the underground gardening movement or inner city farm movement or even the permaculture movement here in Detroit and Metro Detroit areas, you will have heard of Keep Growing Detroit. There are two people that, okay, so, okay, let me back up. There's more than two people involved, but the two people I have dealt with the most are Lindsay Pilak and Keto. And here's the thing, she wasn't she wasn't married to Keto when I met them. They were both young with stars in their eyes and sun in their eyelashes, I guess, or whatever. And they worked together for a really long time. And then eventually they got married. And now they have a little one. And it's also romantic. And as they have grown and thrived, so has the garden program grown and thrived. At first, it was seedlings and plants working with the Capuchin Monastery uh, for distribution in areas and working with Earthworks Urban Urban Farm with a few greenhouses. And it's blossomed and grown into a three-city family of Detroit, Hamtramck, and Island Park, as well as um, some other cooperation with outer cities for education. And it's beautiful. As their family has grown, so has the program. As the love has poured into the program and throughout the city, love has grown and blossomed in them. I mean, it's just, it's one of those romantic things that really somebody should do a story on. Hey, somebody, hurry up. Find find someone, find anyone to do a story on them because it's really, really beautiful. Another thing I like about the program is that they are very proactive in involving children and families. And I remember uh, when I worked for Head Start, I was able to work with Lindsay and she found a way for us to have needs-based scholarships for people who wanted to learn how to grow their own food and teach their children as well for them to be part of the program because it is really a very, very strongly uh, community-based garden share program. It's like a co-op, but not quite. And the people who have the farms in Detroit actually sell their produce at Eastern Market, a lot of them. They even have programs where you can buy market-based gardens with seeds and transplants, as well as learn how to grow them, how to measure, sell, and do all the business. It's really a worthwhile thing that they've created, and if nothing else, check them out. Now today we were looking for a specific thing 
because we wanted to have it for dinner tomorrow, and that's ramps, or some people call them ramsons. And what they are, also known as bear garlic, these are wild garlic, and they are wonderful. Of course, it's an allium, and it grows in the woods, usually at the base of certain kinds of trees. You, you, they even have a festival down south. It's, it's really cool. But the thing you need to remember is that when you're gathering ramps, you can't just yank them out of the ground. It takes forever the, for them to reproduce. And they have been over-harvested in Michigan, severely over-harvested, to the point where it's actually a concern. So when you're harvesting ramps, if you do go out to forage and do that, be considerate and just cut the top off and leave the root in the ground so the colony can continue to survive. So we went in today to ask for ramps from our honey and egg vendor that we love to go to. They also sell maple syrup. Unfortunately, there's been the death in the Amish family that supplies them with their super secret ramp store. So what's happening is that there's no ramps available in that region right now because the family may not decide to continue to harvest ramps. You know, it is a labor of love. It is not something that you really farm per se, more so you gather. So if you're deciding you want to do this, make sure you go with someone who knows what they are because it's very easy to get poisoned if you pick the wrong thing. You know, ramps look very much like another plant and actually a few other plants that are very poisonous. So please, if you go out there, go with someone who knows what they're doing before you just shove things in your mouth. We've talked about that before. I'm a curvy girl. I like to eat, but I don't like to eat poison. So let's be sure we know what they look like. Maybe get your big book of stuff and get yourself a good chapter going on about those. If you're so moved and you want to grow your own ramps, guess what? You can get seeds and plants from Prairie Moon Nursery. You heard it here. I don't give that out very often. But, but you got to be patient because they're not going to grow a whole lot very quickly. So this is one of those things that you kind of just have to set it and forget it. There's no way I can cover everything in this particular podcast about Eastern Market, but one thing I really do want to cover is for my people who are gluten intolerant or have celiac disease or just avoiding gluten for whatever reason, I got you covered. There is a booth in there that sells spelt flour, believe it or not, as well as other flours, and I think bean flour. So it's worth going to check out to see whether or not if you are invested in it, you can make your own bread out of spelt flour and other flours. You know, this way you can avoid the gluten and you can still enjoy life and enjoy so many things like regular sandwiches. Also in that same area, not too far down, there is a vendor that sells fish, seafood, and that's Ma Cohen. Yeah, I know, I'm all about Ma Cohen's. But they have smoked fish, uh, specifically one of the fish that they sell, not so much the chop, but the smoked sable, it's just like eating butter, smoky butter. The fish is so good. So if you get a chance, go check that out. If you move a little bit toward the center area, you'll be able to get huge potted plants and assortments like that. Not just the regular ones, but unusual. 
I was even fortunate to go from shed to shed and come across a huge display of night-blooming jasmine. So you can pick up almost anything there. One thing I didn't see this year that is one of my favorite plants is Datura. We didn't see any Datura, so I may have to order it. I'm also thinking about ordering some Atropa Belladonna. But again, I'm not surprised they don't sell that in the regular booth. Um, that's a little bit too obscure, a little bit too dangerous. Because once those things pop berries, children like to eat them. And if they eat too many, there will be no children. Because they are highly toxic, but super sweet. So it's kind of one of those things like arsenic and old lace. Um, sometimes things that taste good aren't necessarily great. Just saying. Just like, you know, the belladonna berries taste sweet, like like a pie. It's kind of like how, you know, arsenic tastes like almonds. You don't want to make those mistakes. So as vendors, I don't blame them for not selling them. do, I'm not going to really be able to give Eastern Market any true justice in just one podcast. So I think I'm going to end it up here. But if you run over to the My Magical Cottagecore Life uh, page on Facebook and go to the group associated with golf, with it called The Shire, I'm going to post a quick video of my day out. Just a little snippet of what it's like kind of being in one of the sheds. So you can get an idea of what it's like to go plant shopping. You know, this way, if I start integrating a little bit of video with these, it might make it a little bit more real for you. And I kind of like to make sure that I share my experiences as well as I can with my friends. And we're friends, right? I didn't get a chance to talk to the mushroom man. And he really is a fun guy. Yep, I heard you groan again. All right, so um, we'll just end this episode up and I'll ask you to... You know, maybe make that note about visiting Eastern Market. Um, If you are not in this area and not from Michigan or in Windsor, maybe take a little time to put us on your radar and consider coming on down if you're passing through this way, through the Midwest. It is an experience and the food trucks are amazing. So check us out. And until next time, I'll see you again on my magical cottage core life.